content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. to WTF Are You Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. And I'm Decker. And we are here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh. So TLDR, we've got six categories, true crime, paranormal, history, education, science, technology, entertainment, and current events. We're going to use an eight-sided die. So you'll roll that. If you get a one, then you're going to have to roll a six-sided die, and then you'll roll for those same six categories, but it'll be local. And if you get an eight, then it's a wild, and you get to pick whatever the fuck you want. So, Decker, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm, I'm going to be talking about something that I personally have found very fascinating for a long time. Now, I got onto this topic because I was actually trying to look at um, positive possessions. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there was actually an episode uh, what the, that we... Uh, have released mm-hmm. uh, that really talked about it. Like, With the Dibbit Box. Uh, yeah, it was the, uh, what do you call it? It was like e- Ego? Uh, I don't remember uh, what the Yiddish word was. Right. Oh, that was Yiddish. No wonder I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, because um, I was trying to look They're at... Hebrew. It was Hebrew. I, I wanted to see if there was any, like, crazy stories where, like, someone says, like, I was, like, possessed. Like, I mean, everyone's like, when, you, like, something crazy happens and, like, you lift a car, it's like, I had, like, you know, like, just something filled mm-hmm. me up, right? And I was curious if there was, like, any entity that had been uh, uh, connected with said instance. Like, there's, like, this spirit that constantly will just be like, oh, here, I'll just be a part of you. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I'm not wording good today. So, e. um... But, yeah, I was curious about that. I, I didn't find anything along those lines, or at least nothing that uh, gave me... So I'll have to dig in deeper on that one. So it's, so what I'm talking about today... Is something very similar, but something. Um, it's uh, from Japanese folklore. Okay. Actually, and it's funny because I thought this would be great because I'm pretty sure my character is going to die. <laughs> so I'm gonna be talking about uh, Kitsune or Kitsune. Okay. Oh, the food's here. Good. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, <sighs> Kitsune or Kitsune, as they're more properly known, are a yokai spirit that can... It's only a fox that has multiple tails and shapes <laughs> under individuals. And there are many different ways that are ascribed to um, interacting with humans. And it's kind of a mix of both benevolent and mischievous, or even malicious. And uh, the latter part really caught me by surprise, because I know they're kind of tricksters for the most part, but it sounds like they can be something more uh, sinister in some regards. So, I thought I'd loop all all of our friendos in and talk about those. So, uh, a Kitsune is a supernatural being, and normally they are associated as messengers of um, Inari. And from those uh, beings, they 
are actually messengers of like good fortune and part of the reason why people believe this or why it might have been stated is um, the the like like gods or Inari um, are good in terms of their their goddesses their uh, their deities in which they bless like reaps of harvest or good fortune and sometimes those are even in association with like rice plantations and mm-hmm. harvesting from that. Some reasons why people may think that is because uh, apparently the rodents that they have on these farms typically will eat the rice and since flocks need to eat rice they're like, oh, this is great they must be protecting our rice. So it's like, oh, these are good <laughs> things. So, with that being said though a Kitsune um, is actually has multiple different names. We can cut, go into several of them. One of which is they've been called, and I'm gonna butcher this atrociously, but it's uh, Huli Jin, which is one of the original names that I could see for Kubino um, uh, Kitsune. And those are the foxes that can, of course, have the nine tails. Now these tails are attributed to typically the age and mm-hmm. the power of these spirits. Now, after about a hundred years of a kitsune, they can tend to take on the shape of people. Right? And as um, they uh, grow and, I guess, live, there's not really... A, I didn't see anything definitive as to how they get their tails, but more how, like, when they get their tails, like, what sort of things they are able to do. But... What's funny is the end goal doesn't necessarily make any sense. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is, uh, typically a kitsune, they, you have, you have good and you have bad kitsune. The good kitsune typically bring fortune and can protect households, and uh, sometimes it's almost like the fam- families make a pact, and those families have to stay relatively small, mm-hmm. because if, they, if families get too big, the kitsune will be like, <clears throat> frustrated because it's almost like they're doing more and more good too much things to do, by, yeah. with, without getting anything. Back, mm-hmm. which I can get it, because if I'm just a god, you know, <laughs> doing great stuff for people, and there's also more of them. I'm gonna be frustrated, and maybe I'll just peace out. So, <laughs> um, and then, have, and then you have other kitsune who literally a- a- actively either try to steal from people, uh, try to uh, confuse or torment people. They can invade dreams. And they've even been known to, um, like, almost, like, do, like, psychological attacks. Because mm-hmm. they can invade these dreams and such, and they can, um, since they can look like anyone, they can start, it's almost like, if you were to piss off a kitsune and they were to try and ruin your life, think about something that you could never really tell them who was really a kitsune, looking like all these different people, maybe spreading rumors, or, mm-hmm. right, or uh, besmirching your name. <laughs> And so, a fox on your house. Uh, yeah, a, a fox on your house. Oh, no. Ah, eh. That's gross. Okay, but... Um, so, other than that, let's talk about like, what the name is derivative of. So, there's several different names. Um, you have it possibly meaning always yellow, which doesn't really make any sense. Most of the foxes that are over in Japan are red. Mm-hmm. Like a very vibrant red. Uh, you have other ones where it means uh, like a stench of a dog. Oh, good. Which is really interesting <clears throat> because kitsune are terrified of dogs for the most part, and there uh, there there have been cases in which a kitsune 
was like if there's a dog nearby, it scared them so badly that they revealed themselves, right? Which mm-hmm. is something that they don't like to do. Um, you also have it meaning possibly. Uh, it could be that the kitsu is like an onomatopoeia, mm-hmm. which is like them barking, and then ne is some sort of like um, a word that means like honor part, like inari shrines. Do you know what an inari sh- shrine is, by the way? No. It is those red gates. Oh, okay. Like that whole yes. thing, all those gates are <clears throat> like attributed to inari. So, and I was like, when I saw that, I was like, I've always wondered what those gates were about. And it drove me, and like, you know what? Sudden, I did. I did know that, because um, that plays heavily in the Bed and Breakfast for Spirits. What's that? It's the, the anime that I watch, where the... Oh, yes, yes, the yes, Ayakashi, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay, carry on. I, I'm tracking now. No, 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 that's good. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, or, or it can also mean, like, someone that's, like, like has an affectionate mood, which mm-hmm. I think is, like, more of the benevolent kitsune. But with that being said... Um, there have been some interesting stories with these. Now, most of the time, they normally end up in some sort of loss, whether it's the like the loss of a love, because Kitsune tend to take the shapes of either elderly men, uh, very beautiful women, or even like young boys or young men. And uh, it's funny because it's almost like a uh, is a succubus the female spirit, or yes. is that an incubus? incubus? I think is the male one, right? Um, but with this, like with that, normally it's attributed to um, when these spirits actually interact with humans. There's actually like one of these stories has it being like very loving, and what, what I found curious <coughs> is when when the kitsune eventually reveals itself by accident, it flees and is like you know it's like it's like I'll never come back or anything like that, and then the lover's like. Hey now, <laughs> chill. <laughs> yeah, if you need a piece out, that's fine. He's like, but I love you, and you can come back whenever. And I guess in that story, only in the night does she come back to be with her lover, and then mm-hmm. she leaves. And so I was like, okay, that's uh, one of the nicer ones I've heard. Because most of the time they're not so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, because normally there are stories like where it's like it's raining outside, or it's like very like. Something kind of spooky is going on, and also there's this human figure that comes up asking either to be like to you know to have them uh, come inside the house, right? Or they'll have like these um, because they're really good at creating illusions. They'll create these buildings that are like extravagant, beautiful. They'll be like a a young, you know, lovely lass, and they're like, "Hey now, come come (laughs) hang out with me. We're gonna let's go, let's go have fun." only for if, if it's in their house and they invite the kitsune in, all their belongings are stolen. <laughs> so it's like... Rude. Right? I'm like, I let you inside. It was raining out and you smelled like a dog but I let it pass and now you just steal from me. That's kind of rude. Hey, fuck you. Right? And then the other one, like this one was, I thought, horrific because I, I didn't realize this was a thing. The one where like they create illusions for you to come into buildings, there are stories where those kitsune, after the night... The, the person that was interacting with them, they were left out in a cemetery with rotting bodies. <sighs> and I'm like, the fuck? Why would you do that? It's terrifying. I've been seduced by a fox and left with the corpses. So, Which, I mean, I feel like being seduced by a fox is bad enough on its own. Like, do you... It has to be where we get like the term like a foxy lady. That has oh, to maybe. be. That has to be. Hmm. 
Because most of the time, like, when there's... Kitsune tend to be very intelligent. In fact, one of the, one of the things I thought was hilarious was it's like... Um, it's often known that when a Kitsune possesses people, and that's right, they can possess people, primarily women, that women can all of a sudden learn how to read. <laughs> It's like, she's, oh, so, so take that, you're possessed. Congratulations. But, uh, it's like, I, like, I know now all of a sudden if they were illiterate, they now know how to read. They become smart. They like understand like music and math and astrology and all these things. So I'm like, like, that just sounds cool. If I'm being quite honest, because it doesn't, it doesn't sound like in those possessions that they're, being, like, they're not siphoning off anything. They're mm-hmm. not being, like, evil towards their host. For the most part. Like a symbiotic relationship? Right. As opposed to parasitic? Right. It's almost like a way where, like, um, like with some of these packs, with, like, families and stuff, they make this pack, it, like, only really helps them have good fortune, be successful, have better jobs, you know, like, um, and it's even been, there have been, like, stories where, like, like, samurai would, like, would, like, make packs with, like, these deities, and but they'd only use them for protecting the house and mm-hmm. the village and stuff. They would take advantage of the Kitsune, which then they were more than happy to do that because normally when people make these packs, they leave out I guess I guess they love fried tofu. I <laughs> guess it's and like apparently it's documented that foxes really love like fried tofu or like rice. I mean, I like those things. I know. Am I a fox? <laughs> I'm there's even like a, there's like a um there's like uh, 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 Inari, mm-hmm. Inari, right? That's the god. That's also like I think it was like sashimi Inari. Like there's like mm-hmm. actual foods that are named after these deities, or like like Robin would like to have like fried tofu inside. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I never realized that. I'm like, now I have to try some because that's <laughs> kind of cool. Maybe maybe I'll learn how to read. This is great. <laughs> um, Don't get your hopes up. Right, and so, but. They, they tend to make these uh, packs. If they have kids, and that's right, these uh, uh, fox people can, uh, they take the form of a person, and if they bear children... Kits? Right. Kits. Ha! Cute. And weird. <laughs> cute. Uh, normally, if they're, if they're human, which begs the question, I have yet to find if there was ever a birth where it was not human. But they said if they are human, they're normally... Um, like almost like a whole different breed of like human, like where they're really smart. There's even, um, and this is someone I want to research. There was, uh, oh gosh, there was a person, uh, Abe no uh, Saime is an astrologer magician that's believed to have inherited some powers from being, um, offspring of a, like it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, interesting. And I love how people really embrace this. There, there are even, like, letters where, like, if a Kitsune was, like, doing anything malicious, like, people, like, in those, um, oh gosh, what are they called? What was, like, uh, uh, dynasties, right? People, like, in, like, those certain yeah. areas, um, they would write letters to the emperor and say, hey, we have a Kitsune that's being a total dick, and if you don't deal with it, <laughs> Send help. we're going to kill all of them. Was like, <laughs> letters. I'm like, oh, okay. So it seems like, and, and since they normally are, like, uh, with women for the most part or with like elderly men it's almost like kitsune are very much um connected with like like i said like good fortune but it's also like knowledge and being of like higher standing or like being um very popular it's almost like if good things happen to you odds are you're being either possessed by kitsune or you are a kitsune mm-hmm. 
Um, so you could be one without knowing it? It didn't get very specific enough. Okay. It's almost like, I, I want to think more like Spider-Man, where like, you get bit by a spider, but in this case, you're possessed by a fox, and now you can read. <laughs> <laughs> you take off your glasses, and now I know literature. Uh, <laughs> but that, those are like more of the beneficial ones. Now, there are some other ones that are, like, a little bit more malicious. There was a story about a woman who was actually a kitsune, and she became so popular and so well-loved that she became uh, associated with the consort of uh, the emperor at the time. Mm-hmm. And also the emperor started getting sick. Oh, dear. Right? And people were like, hey, now, this seems a little odd. Like, she's very well-loved. She's been very successful. And now, so she joins this, our emperor's dying. We think she's a fox... So, that is the logical first thought. So let's try to. The, the, I guess the other thing was let's have her try to do a ritual because mm-hmm. if you're like, because there's, um, I said there was good kitsune and bad kitsune, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the good ones are. Uh, I'm gonna find it. Uh, Yako kitsune tend to be more malicious or mischievous. I thought there was another name for him though. It was like Awa kitsune, I think. But you have these other kitsune who will, like, they're more like a succubus in terms of, like, when they seduce you, they start siphoning off, like, your life force. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm like, oh, kinky, and that sucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Literally. Yeah. And not only am I not learning how to read, I'm also dying. Oops. <laughs> so, um. This was the worst literacy program ever. <laughs> it's, like, hooked on phonics, but <laughs> hooked on kitsune. Hooked on, hooked on fox. Hooked on fox. Um, so you have those ones, and normally, uh, yeah, even to the reminiscent of, like, vampires. And some Kitsune can get so strong to where they can generate fire lightning at will. They can bend space-time. And I'm like, where are these stories? And I have yet to find them, because I'm like, okay, hold up. You're telling me, like, either they can warp, or they can, like, travel through time? As... Now I'm, like, waiting for Doctor Who to turn to a fox. That's kind of what I'm waiting for at this point. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'm here for that. Cool. <laughs> but, um, another thing I thought was really uh, interesting was this was happening back in, like, I think the earliest record I saw was around 900s, 1000s. And I'm like, man, we had, we had all the furries back then, too. Oh, God. <laughs> 100%. They were an <laughs> army. And everyone knew about it. And they're like, it's chill. And they're like, it's fine. It's chill until they start stealing your shit. Then Which I guess that's chill. fair. Right? I'm like, okay. They're like just palling around. But, um... But, so here are some other fun things about, like, if they're, like, malicious or they start possessing you. You might be, um, all of a sudden, uh, start running in the streets naked because that just sounds like fun. Uh... You might lie down or froth of the mouth, because I guess you have rabies. <laughs> Man, all of the times I have just have laid weird, down and frothed in the mouth. You might have a weird abscess that starts moving around. If you try to put it with a needle, it goes like, nope. It starts piece. And so it's like... You might be alien. Just, I know, like, I'm like thinking alien where it's like yeah, chest, chest burster. burster. Except for, I guess there's the back burster from, like... I mean... What was it? Whatever. Previous? I didn't see that. Ugh, not great. Um, still kind of spooky scary, but not great. Uh, and then... Somewhere someone oh, is like, that was the best movie. Here was another fun one. Well, not fun. Bizarre. Because, since they really love eating, like, rice and tofu and all these foods, if you get possessed by Kitsune and that Kitsune gets exercised from you, you no longer 
will want to eat those things. Oh no! You lose that like you've lived before. If you if that happens, it's almost like like it's like I'm stealing this. That's <laughs> No more. Peace. I love rice. <laughs> I know, and then you lose the ability to read, which just that sucks. That's just it's a real so dick move, right? Or I guess it's called um, what azuki meshi. I actually didn't look up that one. I wonder what that food looks like. Let's find out. That's gonna be the new jingle there. Oh, okay. Uh, it looks like this. Huh. That's interesting. It's almost like just a bowl of fried rice. Sort of. Yeah. It has like some like lentils and mm-hmm. onion and stuff. Those are just flat out pancakes. Those yeah, are. Yeah, I don't not- know why that is. <laughs> I don't know. On these pictures. I don't even know. Those are but, literally just pancakes. Um, yeah, but I, I do think that it is quite curious that they'll steal your. Dis- they'll steal what you love. And that's just. That's just heart wrenching. Yeah. Really. Because, I mean, I'm a fan of food. We all know this. <laughs> I just ate, and I'm going to have more food downstairs. So, um, but uh, other than that, other than, like, stealing or tricking you, um, two of the fun things of note is, first off, they tend to have this um, work with them in some stories. And, like, in like with my character in our Pathfinder session, it's a star gem. Right, and we actually like, wrote that in the story where like those star gems, are, it has the essence of the Kasune in it, right? And so if you take it, um, in our game, it's like per- pretty much permanent dominant person until you get it back, mm-hmm. which I'm like, that's fun. And I wrote that in the story, he's like, I like that. I'm like, I just thought it'd be fun. I'm just following the folklore. But um, in other stories, though, for people, it's almost like a game where the goal is to try and steal that from Kasune, which like, that's just, you know what? That's how you're asking for malicious spirit. Mm-hmm. You're just asking for like a spirit to just haunt you. Right Do you want all your shit because, to get stolen? Like, the, the goal of that is like if you can steal it, now you can force a magical wish from that being. Because they're very powerful. Like I mm-hmm. said, you just summon lightning and fire and bend space time. So like it's like cool, I get a magical wish now, and as long as you cross it, and I'll give it back. I mean, yeah, but then it's gonna be real pissed at you. Right. Right, and so like there's stories where it's like they stole it, and the fox was like, dude, yeah, I'm not happy about this. I'm going to kill you probably. And then like, I can't kill you because you have that. Please give it back. And then, like, they end up saving the guy later on because I guess he was attacked by bandits. And so <laughs> I'm just like, okay, you're a god. Why, why did you just save this guy? Like, yes, he's dead. Yes, I got him back. <laughs> um, uh, oh, and another fun thing. Apparently there's a game of rock, paper, scissors derivative of this. What? Yes. It is called Fox Fist. <laughs> uh, or Kitsune Ken. Uh, and so... Um, or I guess they used to call it, uh, I was watching Hunter x Hunter a long time ago, and they used to have names for rock, paper, scissors, because one of the main characters would use it as an attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, like, one of them was, like, Gon, which I think was, like, the main character's name. But, uh, the way how it goes is you have, you have the fox, the hunter, and the village headman. A headman beats the hunter because he outranks them socially. <laughs> a, um, hunter beats the fox because he shoots them. And then the fox beats the headman because he bewitches them. Huh. Okay. And I was like, huh. So That's interesting. I have yet to actually find out how those, like, what the symbols are for, like, the hand gestures are. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's kind of fun. Uh, other than that, though. Oh, good. There are videos of it. Cool. Um, the only other thing is they do have, so I mentioned those lovers, right? Mm-hmm. And there are 
times where like they really do like actually become very infatuated with the person. Because I've, I've heard stories where like they get found out. Because I guess like there was one story where they were taking a bath and it got too hot and it burnt them, and so they wanted to go step out, not realizing that they had lost their form. Lower saw that, uh-huh. and then like the rule was pretty much if you see me, I can never be with you. It wasn't like I'm like afraid to be with you because you know what I am. It was like that's the rules. Peace. Why? <laughs> Peace out. And, like all of a sudden they like they like lose their family and stuff. You know what I mean? Because like now all of a sudden it's just a husband, no wife. Which maybe that was just a good way to get like get away with murder. Mm, oh, sneaky. Sneaky. <laughs> I think he killed his wife. No, no, she was definitely a fox. <laughs> <laughs> she was definitely a fox. Um, but other than that, so here was the end goal, right? I mentioned I mentioned there being like an end goal for these fox spirits. And the end goal for them was to get all nine tails, because the more tails you have, the more powerful you are. But if you get these nine tails, you become a celestial fox and ascend permission to heaven. So it's like, it's like religion for Tsune, where like they have to pass these trials to get enough tails. Well, that's just what happens when you evolve past nine tails. Right. Nine tails, you can't go past nine. Well, picks nine tails. Ascension. Right? I am a god now. Which I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, But there's, so you have, you have these Kitsune, and when they get nine tails, one of two things happens. Either they turn gold, and if they're gold, that means they're pretty much like a god of like fortune and like bene- like benevolence. So pretty much, if if you have that over your house, you like your life's gonna be great. Like you're mm-hmm. gonna have like, good money. You're gonna be like smart and intellectual and stuff. And then you have the white one, which is if you're like a nine-tailed like white, those ones typically for good omens. So it's almost like having, it's like good luck, but it's more positive things in your life rather than getting uh, material goods. Mm-hmm. Like something you'll have like good memories, good experiences. You'll have like good friends and family. Whereas like the other one is like you'll be rich and wealthy and like have all these things and you know take over the world. Maybe. <laughs> um, which let's if that was the case, Team Rocket's going after the wrong creature. I mean, yeah. Like they they're really screwing it up. They just need to go for an old win. Nine tails. That's well, it. There you go. Um, <laughs> and other than that, if there are marriages. Two kitsune. I know, right? They can marry themselves. Oh. I mean, when you say it that way, it sounds real weird. <laughs> they can marry themselves. Oh, just like we can. I'm sure. I was thinking more like. I mean, this so, is gonna be on tangent now. Where so I what you're up. thinking is like two kitsune marrying each other, but the way that you said it is like right. one kitsune marrying itself. Oh my god. Well, for some reason, <laughs> that just took me down, and this is gonna be a tangent, like a very brief tangent. But it reminds me of. Uh, I think I heard about a story like in the states where a guy married a snake. I know there was one where he married a moose. And I think over in like the Middle East, there was someone that married a dolphin. I don't know. We all <laughs> love is a mysterious thing, is it not? You know, love is a many splendor thing. If I love them and I find out, they have to leave me. <laughs> and what do people? I wonder if people use that as a way. To get over the loss of someone, they're like, they, they, they must have been a fox. They broke my heart. They couldn't be with me anymore. They said they had to have been a fox. I swear, I saw a tail. God. Well, that was getting tail. But oh, whoa. Yeah, whoops. Okay, <laughs> moving on. I think um, what made that weird was the change in voice. Yeah, I should have done that. <laughs> but if they do get married, uh, one of two things will happen. Either there will be uh, what they call a sun shower. 
which is where like it rains while the sun's out, and that's supposed to be really good for everyone around. It's like, oh wow, the kids that are happy, you'll be safe again. Have you ever been in one of those? I have. It's so weird. It is very weird, and I feel so blessed. So, <laughs> yeah, I was really happy because like they're married. Huh. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, and they'll be pissed off if you if you if you. If you crash their wedding, they will curse you. They will outright. They're like, they're like, you can know that we're having a wedding. But if you show up to our wedding, we're fucking ended. Okay, that's fair. Because if someone had crashed my wedding, I also would have fucking ended them. <laughs> because that was a lot of goddamn work. Did you bring a gift? <laughs> Are you just here to steal our shit? <laughs> Did you want a wish? Would you like to buy a wish, sir? Um. And then there's the other one. Where? If they get... If, I don't know. I guess if they're just having a really bad wedding day, they'll... <laughs> The clouds will get all dark and shit, and you'll have, like, these little wisps start showing up. Ooh, oh, shit. And they'll, like, try to fucking lure you away, and they'll mm-hmm. steal your shit, and they'll leave you next to a cemetery. <laughs> because, fuck you! <laughs> They're like, oh, this is a light. Maybe this is civilization. No, no it's body. No. It's corpse land. Oh, the corpse land. It's like zombie land, but discount. Gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was really interesting because... I, I have a, a huge fascination with the, uh, like, Japanese mythology. Oh, 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 sorry, I lied. One more thing. Oh. One more thing I will talk about one day once I get true crime. I'm making this a point. There is a doomsday cult of these. What? I know. And I found, I, I like, it just glossed over it too. It's like, oh, there's a doomsday cult of this. I was like, what? And so I went looking in, and it's a, like, it's a doomsday cult like, of Buddhists. Because I guess Inari is under a different name called uh, Dakini in Buddhism. I was like, that's interesting. And the Doomsday Cult is called... I gotta find it. Where is it? No, it's not that one. It's... No, it's not that one. I'll find it. But there is... I'll find it at some point. Give me a second. That's where the cat's coming. Right? <laughs> it's a B. So it's an I. Let me see. Doomsday. Dooms. Doom, doom, doom. Cult. Doom, doom, doom. This culture. Yes! Yes! This is the one. This is the one. I'm Shinrikyo. <gasps> I've heard of this. I need to look into this because apparently it is said that they have been possessed by these fox spirits. To overthrow the government. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy shit. Now, here's what's really intriguing. I'm going to show you the symbol. This symbol here. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you see it? Right? And this is kind of cool because it's almost like a yin-yang kind of thing. If I go back. If I can go back. This is the symbol for those Buddhists. Oh. And I was like, what? So I was like, cool, now I can look into Buddhism and I can also look into Doomsday cults. Thanks, Fox people. You're great. Um, I think Cults, the podcast called Cults, has a, a good couple of episodes on Am Shinrikyo. I was just, like, fascinated. It, it's super Because I guess it's still ongoing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a thing. And those would definitely be the bad fuck spirits because we all know that the good ones, they seduce you. <laughs> All you need is a lust. So, <laughs> on that note, I will... Have any questions for me on that one? No. Just like my life, it was all over the place, I know. But I thought it was riveting nonetheless. 
So, Katie. Yes. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, I had current events. Sure did. And I was talking to you earlier in the week, and I was like, so I have I this thing, did. and it suddenly like showed up, but it feels like all of the information is from like November, and I don't know why it suddenly came up. Well, I figured out why. So I'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take it back to October of 2018. Okay. October yeah. 29th. I remember that. I was wearing my dipper hat. You probably were. Uh, so off the off the north coast of the Karawang Regency, Indonesia's second most deadly airplane. <laughs> I did not second most deadly airplane. So I should have written the Aero Raptor. I should have written uh, second most deadly airplane crash occurred, but I just wrote uh, second most deadly airplane occurred. <laughs> <laughs> they finally have fighters. So yes. my brain That's is a lot horrible. faster than my hand. <laughs> Uh, okay. So and so, airplane, 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 airplane crash. <sighs> so, Lion Air Flight 610 was scheduled for a domestic flight from, I think it was going from Jakarta to Pink. Amsterdam, perchance? Uh, no. Okay. Pankal Pinag. I, I'm sure that is not how you say that, but that's how I just said it right now. Good for you. It crashed 13 minutes after it took off. Okay. So wreckage from the Boeing 737 MAX 8 aircraft was found in the Java Sea, and all 189 people on board were dead. Man, the, almost 200 people. Uh-huh. And that was all the passengers and all the crew. Is it 13 minutes? Mm-hmm. So the Boeing 737 MAX is an American narrow-body aircraft series. It's the, it's the fourth generation of... The 737. And I think the one right before the Max was called the Next Generation. And I was like, well, you guys really missed an opportunity not calling the next one Voyager. I know. Voyager. <laughs> but no one asked me. So it's a, a twin-engine jet airliner. It's been in production since 2014. Its first flight was in 2016. And it was its introduction was May 2002-2017 with Melindo Air, which is a Malaysian full-service airline that is also owned by... Lion Air. Lion Air. Is that a major one that's in, in I, the States at all? No. Okay. So just only in... Indonesia. Indonesia. Okay. Uh, so this is the first accident involving a 737 MAX, and also the deadliest involving just a 737 period. Mm -hmm. And it was also the worst for Lion Air in its 18-year history. So that's... I mean, it's not like a super old company, for it to be 18 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, so that surpasses flight 583, which was from Jakarta to Sakarta, and that overran the runway when it landed and crashed into a cemetery. Fucking <laughs> foxes <laughs> strike again. So okay. it killed 25 of the 153 people on board and injured 109. Uh, there was heavy rain and a thunderstorm reported at the time of landing. So, like, the flight itself was fine, but when it landed, it just kept going. Was there a storm already in progress in the vicinity? I would hope that they would have known that was already there. I don't they know. Did they choose to fly? I don't know. Uh, and so Lion Air, Lion Air claimed responsibility, paid medical bills for the survivors. Um, but they, they denied that the flight was caused, or that the, they denied that it was caused by any kind of misconduct. Right, just so like that it was the weather. Like inattentive mm -hmm. or like under the influence. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, good at least they decided to take care of the people. That mm-hmm. So what they, they said is that Flight 538 experienced a tailwind during landing, um, but others claimed that the thrust reversers malfunctioned, and the thrust reversers are basically the brakes. So the report... This is getting really loud when you're landing. You're like, yeah. yeah. So the, the report published in 2005, because that happened in 2004, uh, stated that the plane's braking system, which are the thrust, thrust reverser... Thrust reversers. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, uh, a new sex move. Thrust reversers. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so the report stated that they were not at their optimum levels, okay. and the conditions... Uh, and it was aggravated by the weather. So investigators also identified that there was a faulty thrust reverser, and that was one of the causes of the crash. Mm-hmm. And if I'm remembering correctly, I think that like the way that it came down and kept going, it caused the... I think it caused the plane to, like... I think the front end of it, like... Did it force to tip down? I want to say the front end collapsed... And so it, or somehow the plane ended. Some sort of strain on. Somehow the plane ended up in two parts, as it like Mm. careened into this cemetery. So a preliminary investigation of the crash of Flight Six Ten revealed that problems had been noticed by the passengers and the crew of the aircraft's previous flight. So it was I don't remember where it was coming in from, but it was coming in to Jakarta. Mm -hmm. Um, So that included instrument failure on like a couple of previous flights. Uh, Boeing had issued issued a warning to all operators of the 737 MAX series to avoid causing an abrupt dive like what happened in Flight 610, which will make a little bit sense a little bit more sense later. The Indonesian government sent a search party or a search and rescue op- operation, which found debris and human remains from a 150 nautical mile wide area. Uh, two days later, they were able to identify the first victim. Uh, and they found the flight data recorder on November 1st. And okay, so they took a, a little while. A, a couple days. I mean, that was yeah. the 29th. Yeah. So 30, 31, 1. Uh, so they recovered that for analysis. Um, one of the volunteer members of the dive team that recovered it actually died during the recovery, trying to get this thing back. Oh, no. The cockpit voice recorder, however, was just recently found January 14th. I'm assuming we don't know anything about that. Correct. And that is why it all of these articles kept popping up, because they just found the cockpit voice recorder. I think I actually saw it in his story on my phone. Mm-hmm. Which... I don't reach for it. Yeah. It's not there. Um, as of the time we are recording that, that was very recent. So the flight data recorder is an electronic device that records instructions sent to any electronic systems on the aircraft. They are carefully injured to withstand the force of a high-speed impact, okay. uh, heat of an intense fire. Like it's, so it's an audit trail for the actions that yeah. have done on the Yeah, plane. and they, okay. they make it so that no matter what happens, it will still survive whatever. Um, it's popularly referred to as the black box, which I'm sure you've heard. It's also a great television series. I mean, except oh, no, that's Black Mirror. I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Um, Which is interesting that they call it the black box because it's fucking orange. It's not black. Is it black on the inside? I don't believe so. It's mechanical on the inside. But it's, they make it orange so that it will have high visibility in wreckage. So that it'll be easy to recover. And they usually mount it in the tail section because that is the part of the plane that's most likely to survive in a crash. Right, because you're assuming the front part is going to hit first. Yeah. You're not going to go down like, ah! 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> like backwards. I yeah. decided to rotate the plane. I'm going to park in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> So the cockpit voice recorder, pre- nah, nah, nah. the cockpit voice recorder preserves the recent history of the sounds in the cockpit. So that includes everything from like the conversations of the pilots to any instruments beeping or anything like that. The device is sometimes combined in a single unit with the flight data recorder. Um, sometimes they're separate ones. Um, I think this is was. It too, is it too? <clears throat> it's like that area does get damaged. Is it to help preserve at least one or the other? I don't know. I didn't see anything like that. I think it might just be how some of them are manufactured. Oh, some okay. people, some some manufacturers put them together, whereas some don't, I guess. Um, and this was a situation where I'm not sure if it was they were one and became separated during the crash mm-hmm. or if they were just separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Flight 610 was captained by an Indian national who had flown with the airline for more than seven years and had logged over 600 or 6,000 hours of flight time. The co-pilot was an Indonesian who had logged about 5,000 hours of flight time. So these people knew what they were doing. They, yeah. They were were well seasoned. Yeah. So for a flight to crash 13 minutes after it takes off is a a little weird. It's doubtful that was like a rookie mistake. Yeah. So the flight took off from Jakarta at 6.20 a.m., That was uh, local time for Jakarta. October 29th. Uh, It was scheduled to arrive in Pankow, Penang at 7.20 a.m. It took off in a western direction, a westward direction before circling back around to go like northeast. Oh, cowboy. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Before circling back around to go like in a northeasterly way, Mm -hmm. um, which it held that until it crashed. Uh, the flight crew had requested to return back to the airport at Jakarta. Um, they were denied? I don't think they were denied. I think just they just didn't get back. Because um, they, they requested clearance to return when they were 19 nautical miles into the flight, and the accident site was 18 nautical miles off the coast of Java. So that almost makes it seem like they were trying to go back. Um and in the process. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you when you hear about what was going on, then it makes more sense. A little bit, yeah. Okay. So communication between air traffic control and flight six ten was abruptly lost at six thirty three a.m. And that was so that was thirteen minutes after takeoff. And air traffic control immediately informed the authorities, and the National Search and Rescue Agency deployed three ships and a helicopter to the area where they lost contact with them. And then at 7.30, which was just 10 minutes after the flight was supposed to land, uh, the agency received reports that Flight 610 had crashed uh, just a few kilometers from an offshore oil platform. So all the people that were on the platform saw it go down. Uh, so the workers on the platform reported that they saw the aircraft crash with, it was like in a steep nosedive. Mm-hmm. Um, so they immediately deployed boats from the platform and they found debris just like just shortly after they deployed those boats. Uh, so Lion Air offered fleet free flights to families of the victims to Jakarta on the 30th of October and more than 90 relatives were flown in to identify the victims. Uh, accommodations were also provided by Lion Air, and the Indonesian National Police announced that there would be a trauma and healing teams also provided for the relatives of victims. 
Indonesia's People's Representative Council announced on October 29th that they would examine all operating procedure of Lion Air and the airworthiness of the aircraft as well as the health history of the crew. And then later, the government, or they asked the government to enact stricter rules for the aviation industry and to audit every airliner in the country, which ended up on November 1st, the Minister of Transportation announced that the government was going to evaluate every low-cost carrier in Indonesia. Okay. Well, at least they're investigating Mm -hmm. to prevent this in the future. Yeah. So October 31st, it was announced that an unspecified number of Lion Air technicians who had cleared the flight for air travel were suspended. October 10th, the search for victims was ended. Uh, By that point, they had already recovered over 250 body parts. Um, But they were continuing to look for the cockpit voice reporter. On November 23rd, the victim identification process had ended. They were able to identify 125 of the 189 people that had gone down. So there were still 64 bodies that were unaccounted for. But I think I read somewhere that they think that most of the most of the bodies stayed in the in the um, in the cabin in the fuck. I want to say fuselage, but I don't think that's the word. Probably not. I don't believe that's it. Like, are you, you're talking about, like, in, like, where they were normally at. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's the cabin, isn't it? Well, I mean, there's, like, a fancier word for it. Mm. Anyways. Interesting. Um, so they, that's... Neither here nor there, really. Okay. Uh, so December 14th, it was reported that Lion Air had paid for a second attempt to locate the uh, cabin voice recorder, or the cockpit voice recorder. And then on December 20th, so it started on December 20th, and then it ended January 3rd of 2019, and they hadn't found it still. So January 8th, the National Transportation Safety Committee announced that they were going to resume the search with their own funds because they were able to borrow a vessel from the Navy. And then they were the ones that actually ended up locating the uh, cockpit voice recorder on January 14th. Uh, It was... it's good that they found it when they did because they were getting really close to the like the 90-day limit. So the the cockpit voice recorder has enough, I mean, I guess, like juice in it to ping for a certain amount of time for big people that are looking for it to be able to find it. Right. And it was getting real close to that 90 days. Um, so they found it under eight meters of mud, about 30 miles from the crash site. Whoa. Okay. So that's pretty deep. Yeah. Also, you were right. It's called the fuselage. Oh, okay. I'm not crazy. Fuselage or body. Right. Fuselage. I was like, I know that's... I'm pretty sure that's a thing, but now I'm not sure, and I don't want to do... Anyways. That's okay. It'll only be here permanently. (laughs) So the night before, passengers of the aircraft's previous flight had reported that there were engine problems, and they had to wait to board the plane while engineers tried to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, During the flight, it had trouble maintaining altitude, which is terrifying. The passengers reported that it was like a roller coaster ride. Whee! It's a one time. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the chief executive officer of Lion Air said that the technical issues had been addressed in accordance with maintenance manuals issued by the manufacturer, so that would be Boeing, and was ready for takeoff the morning of the accident. October 29th, all airlines conducted emergency inspections of their 737 MAX 8 aircrafts. And all were found to be airworthy and resumed normal operations on the 31st of October. At the time of the accident, the weather was reported to be clear. 
Uh, a Boeing technician and engineer arrived on October 31st to assist in the investigation, as well as personnel from the FAA, that's the Federal Aviation Association, I believe, and GE Aviation, which they make engines. Aviation experts noted that there were some abnormalities in the altitude and airspeed three minutes into the flight. Uh, so, I guess it was three minutes into the flight, the captain asked the controller for permi- permission to return as there were some flight control problems. So, they'd only, so they'd only been out for three minutes? Yeah, when they asked to come back. In the three-minute flight. Uh-huh, because they were having trouble controlling the plane. Eight minutes into the flight, data transmitted automatically by the aircraft showed that it had descended to about 5,000 feet, but its altitude continued to fluctuate. Uh, the mean and What's val- the normal altitude that a, fl- a plane is at? Much higher than that. Okay, I'm assuming as such. That's uh, yeah. Well. Uh, so the, the mean value of airspeed data transmitted was around 300 knots, which was weird because... When aircraft are at altitude lower than 10,000 feet, they're restricted to a speed of uh, 250 knots. So So it was going much faster than it should have been going for the The altitude it was at. Yeah. I'm assuming it's probably just due to like the air, right? Like the friction because it was like more air down low. No, I think that was because it it dropped altitude rapidly and was not going where it should have been. Right. So, 10 minutes into the flight, the data records... Records? Records. (laughs) The data records that the aircraft dropped more than 3,000 feet, and the last recorded altitude was 2,500 feet. That's pretty low. Uh Uh-huh. That's very low. It's speculated that the pilot tubes, and these measure airspeed, uh, played a role in the crash as they have done in similar crashes. And we're going to talk about, we're going to, we're going to go into sensors and stuff a little bit because it's important. Uh, examination of the body parts indicate, indicate that it is unlikely that there was any kind of an explosion or a fire on board the air- aircraft because none of them had any signs of burns. burns or anything that would be typical of people exposed to an explosion or a fire. Uh, detailed reports by the aircraft of the aircraft's flight prior to flight 610 revealed that it had suffered a serious incident. Uh, passengers reported heavy shaking, the smell of burnt rubber in the cabin. Uh, many were left traumatized when the aircraft dropped over 200 feet in just a few seconds. Uh, the seatbelt light never went off from takeoff to touchdown. 200 feet, oh, that's pretty quick. And the pilot had actually called a pan-pan, which that's the signal meaning that the situation is urgent, but they don't believe it's um, posing imminent danger to the craft or the people on. So it's almost like a standby, like, I think we're going to be okay, but it's looking real dicey. It's the, um, so the next step up from Pan Pan is Mayday. Gotcha. So it's like, I think we're in some shit. Keep an eye on us. Send help. Um, but then the crew actually ended up canceling the Pan Pan later. The maintenance logbook revealed that during the flight, the aircraft suffered an unspecified navigation failure on the captain's side, while the first officer's side was fine. On November 5th, the NTSC, and that was the National Transportation Safety Council, announced that Flight 610 was still intact when it crashed into the sea, and the impact was so powerful that the strongest part of the airplane was obliterated. So the engines were still running when it hit the sea, and examination revealed that one of the airspeed indicators had malfunctioned for at least the last four flights. 
So November 7th, it was confirmed that there was a problem with the angle of attack sensors. And that's going to come back around a lot. So the airplane, so they confirmed that there was an issue with one of these sensors. And so previous to the flight, the night before flight 610, they replaced one of these sensors thinking that that would fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, It didn't, obviously. Right. Um, but the crew for that night before was able to maintain control of the plane at a lower than normal altitude, even though there was a 20 degree difference between the sensors on the left side and the right side, which is a pretty big difference. That's very significant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So November 28th, it was concluded that the Lion Air jet was not airworthy on the flight before the jet crashed. Uh, and several relatives of the victims have already filed suits against Boeing for negligence. Fair, because if it was deemed unworthy, why was it flying? I think there's a lot of people at fault here because, I mean, there's some stuff that I'm going to go over in a minute, but then also it wasn't airworthy for the prior flight. Given all of the stuff that had happened on that prior flight, they should not have sent this aircraft out again. So November... What if they tried because like, maybe they didn't have enough... It was going to impact too many flights, and they were like, oh, it's going to cost us. (laughs) Delayed flight, almost 200 people dead. Hmm, let's weigh our options. So November 6th, the Wall Street Journal reported that Boeing and the FAA, on the basis of the preliminary info gathered in the investigation, were planning on releasing warnings about erroneous AOA, which is the angle of attack, indicators on cockpit instrument displays. So the report states that a malfunction in AOA sensors could lead the onboard computer to believe that the aircraft was stalling, causing it to indicate or to initiate a nosedive to try to get the engines to... Yes. Yeah. To try and correct itself. So if it's not stalling, that's not what you want the aircraft to do. To forcibly go into a nosedive. Yes. So the FAA urged all airlines operating Boeing 737 MAX 8s to heed the warnings in response to the news. I remember this. Uh-huh. That, okay, sorry, that just rang a huge bell. Yeah. I remember, I can't remember if it was us talking about it. At one I don't point. think it was. It's like, but, yeah. So in response to the news of the faulty AOA sensor and the operation of the, so I'm going to abbreviate this later, maneuvering characteristics augmentation system, which that's what was, oh, we're stalled, let's do a nosedive. That's the system that that's in in charge of. That's the MCAS. Uh, It's a stall protection system. The FAA issued an emergency airworthiness directive requiring that amended operating limitations and procedures uh, related to the erroneous AOA data data, be added to the aircraft flight manuals for each 737 MAX aircraft, which sounds like a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) I'm all for that. Do that thing. Uh, Due to the difference in training between the the different airlines, American Airlines and Southwest Airlines, um, they were converting from earlier Boeing 737 Next Generation models to the 737 MAXs. We're not informed. Yep, they were not trained. The MCAS was linked to the crash, Mm -hmm. meaning that they were maybe not trained on other differences. So November 2018, the 737 MAX flight crew operations manual was reviewed by Aviation Week and found to not mention the MCAS. Boeing had, quote, 
decided against disclosing more details to cockpit crews due to concerns about inundating average pilots with too much information, end quote. Oh, like, it was going to be too much for their cognitive load? Is that like, what, pretty much what they're saying? It's going to overload their, like, to where, like, it's yeah. them They're like, capable. oh, they don't need to know this. It's just too much for them. Like, bullshit. Yeah, because... Because those sensors were off, it pretty much... The, the pilots had to fight the plane's nosedive. And that's literally my next thing, is the pilots fought to save the plane since they took off. That entire 13-minute flight, they were trying to keep this plane up. Uh, when it was, like, pretty much like, no! So the, the flight crew of Flight 610 repeatedly commanded nose-up trim over the final 10 minutes of the flight, trying to manually override the automatic dive caused by the erroneous uh, angle of attack sensors sending this bad data. And they didn't know how to bypass the automated system? The crew was not properly trained on the trim runway checklist that all 737 crews are supposed to be trained in. So no. So they didn't know... They didn't even know what was happening at that point. Yeah, all they knew is that they could not maintain altitude. This, The plane was continuing to go into a nosedive. So they were just trying to keep it up. So when you think back where, where the data that was sent to the air traffic controllers, where it shows it descending and then descending and then descending. Like, the first descent should have been like, a, hey guys, what the heck? The second one should be like. See, that's back. the thing. They did. Right, but they because they did that pan pan, right? That was the previous flight. Oh, that was a previous flight. Three minutes into this flight, the pilot was, like, was requesting clearance to come back. Mm-hmm. So my guess is that they just they were fighting with it so much that they just they didn't make it back. Right. Uh, Boeing pointed to several trouble troubleshooting. Uh, no. Boeing pointed to successful troubleshooting conducted on October 28th as evidence that there was a long-standing procedure to cancel MCAS nosedive commands. Which, okay, then why wasn't in the manual? Right. Like, you can't just rely on this tribal knowledge. Like, oh, well, they should have known this because everyone just knows this, right? That's the... Yeah, that kind I, I hate that, because I run into that all the time, like... Just like with anything that I do, where it's like, well, just don't you know this? It's like that's not the point. That's not how this it works. It's accessible regardless. Uh-huh. Even if I should know it, like it'd be like, uh, don't I don't have to fill up my car? But I also feel like having an airplane that has their these these sensors mm-hmm. are clearly a big issue. Maybe they should be looking into them a little bit more, as opposed to oh, well, shouldn't you just know how to override this issue? Yeah, that's not... I would, like... I don't tell people how to fly planes, but I would say if you can't guarantee me 100% certainty that that plane's going to be okay, then that plane does not go. Well, I don't think you can ever guarantee 100% certainty. Well, I mean, like, uh, like, like with everything that you've measured, with ev- like, yeah. everything's looking... But you can sure as hell do better than this. Right, but if it's, like, the things are off, like, 20 degrees and all, like, it's like, no, that not, that's not going mm-hmm. out. It needs to be at its best. Like, oh, just do some mental math and figure it out. Like, that's not... Yeah, you're right. Like, that's you not cool. You can't... Like, you can't guarantee that everything's going to be safe. Just, like, I can't guarantee my go will drive my car mm-hmm. in a car crash, which I just found out my uh, my uh, stepbrother was in recently. Oh. And, well, Yikes. he's fine. He's fine. But it's like, you can't guarantee that. But you can at least guarantee that the equipment is operating at its optimum levels. Mm-hmm. And, like, they already showed that in that 2004 crash, the brakes on that aircraft were not at their optimal levels. So, 
to me, it looks like Lion Air already kind of has a shoddy safety history where they're not necessarily doing the things that they should to keep things within safe, I don't know, safety regulations or whatever. And I always think that that's funny because when you have businesses, right, like these are customers, and if your customers question the safety and security of your establishment, you're going to lose your customers. So it's a pretty stupid business plan. Did you know you also lose your customers if they die? Yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that happens. (laughs) But, I mean, it's like with, uh, what was it, like, I think, was it American Airlines? The one that, like, has had several um, controversies lately with, like, their, um, they had, like, forcibly removing people from the plane. Oh, I think that's United. Yeah. I don't know. So, it's like... Yeah, that's totally the problem. Yeah. So when they discovered, or when they located the cockpit voice recorder on the 14th, it was found on the seafloor along with more human remains. Uh, It was damaged, but not the part of it that had the main data. So that's good. They're going to have to be super, super careful with it, uh, but they will still be able to analyze it. And they they estimate that it'll take maybe like two to three months to uh, analyze the data on it. But I'll be really interested to see what they find on it. Right, because they're going to have to come through with it and be careful because that's, like, the only copy they have. Yeah, and, I mean, it's also going to have however longs... I don't know how much information those hold. Like, if they... When it comes in, if it dumps it into some sort of a a database or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine there's probably several flights worth of information on it of the cockpit recording. They probably look through all that, regardless to see what the yeah. precursors were. For yeah. Flight. Well, I mean, if you hadn't known that they had had issues with the flight the previous night, I think that changes a lot of things because otherwise, that kind of makes it sound like, oh, it was just a weird thing that happened. When no, there were already issues with this aircraft. It should not have gone out. Mm-hmm. It, that's kind of the bottom line: is it this aircraft should not have been in the sky? It should not have been allowed to leave the ground. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> As planes do. Uh, yes. <laughs> because there were clearly a lot of things that were not working that were very important mm-hmm. to just maintaining altitude, which right. is their job. Yeah. Because. And a pilot can only do so much. Well, losing pilots is like, I'm, like, this is me like thinking like how stupid this like place is because not only did you lose your customers and lose like. I mean, they lost the whole crew. They lost the whole crew. They lost pilots that you said, what, had 5,000 hours of it? Like, you you don't retrain that. Like, Mm -hmm. that takes years. And, like, that guy had been with the company for over seven years, and that was just with that company. So who knows how long he had actually been flying. So, like, these people had a lot of experience, but they can only do so much to to get the plane to to do what it's supposed to. Oh, a manual to help them out. Yeah. So that's Lion Air Flight 610. So what was Boeing's official stance? Was it pretty much like they should have known better? It seemed to me like their stance was like, oh, this really sucks. But yeah, they could have overrided this and then it wouldn't have been a thing, which is bullshit. Hmm. And like the the Indonesian government was like super on this because I think it was like 38 of those passengers were civil servants. That's... And I know that Australia... That's like 20% of that flight. Mm-hmm. At, and then there was, like, a couple of sheriff, sheriffs and some police officers on it. Um, 
there was a couple of foreigners. So a whole bunch of like, I mean, like any loss is a horrible loss, but they lost government officials. Yeah, so they were like especially invested in it, and I know that. I think it was the Australian government or some particular part of it would not allow their employees to fly on Lion Air until the, like Fair. until the investigation was completed and depending on what it said, which I mean, yeah. That's absolutely fair. Yeah. So this was just really sad because I feel like this could have been avoided. Could have been. Mm-hmm. 100%. But I'll... I'll be really interested to see what they are able to pull off of the cockpit voice recorder. Yeah, me too. Because my bet is that it's it's going to be them, you know, they're going to, hey, we need to come back. And then it's just going to be them continually trying to come out of this nosedive. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that. Good. I don't like doing current events. Uh, I want to do old things. <laughs> I think my day or my way. Shall we uh, roll for the next one? Please. All right. So I have my second, the other test set that I got. This is the uh, oh, Navy Vortex. And the swirlies. And they're, so all of their Vortex ones have these like windows in them where you can kind of see into them. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I do not know why these ones are, were not picked to be produced because they are beautiful. They are very beautiful. Like, they are so pretty. They kind of look marbly. Yeah, which, that's uh, pretty typical for all of their Vortex die, mm-hmm. uh, the, their dice. It's, I like their Vortex dice. I, I feel like they are underappreciated. Anyways. Yes. <laughs> hey, Fuck! Hey, hey, what's that? That's a seven, that's current events. Well... At least you're topical. Uh, <laughs> I am displeased. I'm so tired of current events. Look what I got! God damn it. That's okay. You know what? Maybe, maybe my, my role will make you feel better, because I have no clue what I'm going to get. Here we go. Current events. <gasps> wow. Shit. You sticking with that? Uh, or, 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 should we, or should we do Fox, or what was it? What did I call it? Was it Fox Fist? Fox Fist, yes. Should we do some good old Fox Fist to figure out who's re-rolling? Sure. I think we should do it. I think God damn it. First official re-roll because we can only be so current. And because God knows we might pick the same thing. <laughs> okay. Damn it! Oh. Oh. Wild. Oh. Of course. Yay. I get to pick. Fuck. I like that reroll. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> there can only be one. I don't like doing current events. Uh, hey, who knows? Maybe there'll be some sort of catastrophe. I don't want this. I mean, I feel like of all the things I want to talk about, if it was to resurface, that would be awful. The world is not prepared to deal with smallpox. Oh my god. <laughs> and I desperately want to talk about smallpox. Has this thing ever been slowly shut down? Is this day like 31? Uh, it was Friday. So 30. 30. Yeah, at this point it has been shut down for a good long while. Yeah, for a good month. Yep. Huh. Joy. I wonder if there'll be any news. <laughs> Well, sorry, but I, I hope I hope you find something happy this time. 
<laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I am. Yeah. Wild. I already have so many. You lucky bastard. I know. Choices. <laughs> we have choices now. Well, thanks for yeah. tuning in. Come back next week to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Bye. Bye. God damn it. <laughs> if you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. Email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA Podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley, and our artwork was by Kirby Morfitt. I was nervous there for a hot second. I was like, wait, was I wearing underwear? Because I never had, like, I always, I, I wear underwear. Like, I just, because. I know, I, I see them. I don't want sh- that shit to chafe, but. Yeah, fair. I don't know, but like, for some reason, I was just was like, but what if? What if this No, is- I feel like that's a realistic, because sometimes, like, you get used to feeling it, so you're like, I don't know if there's anything there or not. That's like the other day I got to work and I thought I forgot to wear my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was like, oh, so I was like in such a rush, and I was like, oh, oh, no. I, I mean, okay, but that's easy to check. It is. Like, you can just look I mean, down and be like, oh, look, there's pants. Too. They'll, they'll see that. They'll <laughs> but, I mean, if you're not wearing underwear, unless you've also not worn pants, then it's a little harder to tell, I think. Okay. Have you ever worn your underwear backwards? Yeah, I do That's, that, You know what? That's probably a lot less weird for you, based on the shape of your underwear. <laughs> what shape is that? Square. Is there no, oh, that's right, there are other shapes, it's like triangular. Do, do I need to- And then there's like- Do I need to show you like, a bunch of underwear? That doesn't really cover you at all? Where? I feel like I've seen- I feel like- In the I, back? Well, yeah. That. Nah, it just seems like- I mean, if you wear them backwards, then yeah, it doesn't cover anything. Right. You've seen- I'm sorry, go on. I feel like- I feel like sometimes I've seen underwear where like, it looks like it just covered like the front, like of like, like ladies, but it doesn't actually cover you. It's like there are some where the cover like, is definitely a little short. It's like a loincloth for the front of your pelvis, but not actually for. Well, then it's like you have to like wear bits. them low, and then it's like fits weird, and yeah, no, it's weird. Can confirm, I've seen those. Uncomfortable. Threw them okay. away. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about this. But let's. This needs. Let's I, break it down. I know. Well, this needs to be. This needs to be. <laughs> I want to investigate this at some point. There has to be. Better underwear. There has to be something. Like, there has to be, like, better ways to wear garments. There has to be, like, why do we always do the same thing? Oh, I have two arms? Whatever. Fuck them. Throw them away. <laughs> Get something new. Just wear a hat. That just is, like, it's like those... What? I don't know. I don't know, baby. Throw your arms away. Wear a hat. Fuck them up. Like, just, like, like it's like a poncho, but your arms are stuck. That's great. You know, for those, for those cold days outside, and you want to be like a penguin. Isn't that just you know? a sleeping bag? <laughs> yeah, it's like those Eskimo sleeping bags. I'm sorry. I don't, like, but I really think there's going to be better ways to like wear socks. Or I think I'm getting to the point where like I'd like slap on garments, like those 90s pants. Oh, like where it's like, bam, I got shoes on. They're I can see that going real poorly with snap-on pants. I'm not going to lie. I set myself up once before. Not. Yeah, so how do you want to slap it? <laughs> I thought I thought we did that. <laughs> I think the slogan would be like, slap that. And 
regret it later. And regret it later. <laughs> Slap and regret. Yeah, like, what would be It's like, set it and forget it. Like, like, oh god, please, it's like the fifth time done today. Oh yeah, that just has to be so... Well, then they... That has to be more comfortable. Because, like, for me... For me, right? Mm-hmm. I got dingly bits, right? So, that's just... Hold on, did you I, say dangly or tingly? Dangly. Okay. I mean, it might tingle if I do the dumb thing that we've talked about. Ugh. And I realize I smell like that, I'm sorry. You smell like the tinglys? Yes. <laughs> no. Oh, having flashbacks. I'm really sore. I put icy on everywhere that, that was, I could reach. That episode would be called One Saturday Morning, which actually would just be One Saturday. <laughs> But, and it's just you going, ah. Right, but I, uh, yeah, right, like, they always, they're like, they're like, here, here are briefs. Oh, here are boxers. Here are boxer briefs. But the problem is. There's still no, bananics. No, no, Don't count those out. I've never worn a bananic. Bahamanic. But I never worn one of those. I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. Thank you. We'll try. Not buy. Okay. But. Like, here, let's go, let's go, Decker's got garments, look, okay, the shit, like, uh-huh. fucking, it's so loose, I don't mind the hole, but, <laughs> I've seen men's underwear before, Decker, <laughs> I wear it till it's no longer underwear, that's fine, that's why I finally got an underwear subscription, because then I can throw away the stuff that I should have thrown away years ago, not feel bad about I it, wanna try, I want to try, like, me undies, possibly, but, I don't know. I, I think I looked and they were like $40. That's kind of expensive, yeah. Oh my god, shit. Those better be good. But like, the problem is like, look at this. Like, do you think that gives me any sort of form of support? No. No. And then you go for briefs. And what do they do? They just like lock you down and you're, <laughs> you're in, you're in maximum security and you're just stuck there. And like, if, if like, it just digs in, it's like the silks that we were using yes. the other day. Like, it was like, I'm like, I remember this. <laughs> They're called oh, briefs. I gotta show you my bruise. Do you? Yeah. Look. Oh, oh my god! Look at that, like, dude. That thing—that thing named you. That's a like, big, yeah. That's a big bruise. That's like, and I've, I've got—it's not as bad on the other side, but it's. That's like someone. That's like someone hitting and the it side goes, of a chair. It goes from here to here. Like, yeah. Yeah. I told you I had a bruise. And you want to take a class on it? Yes. Mmm. One day my full body will be purple. I've been there before. I am the next race of man. Purple man. <laughs> I mean, one, it was fun. Two, it was, it was a super fun. good workout. It, I know. <laughs> Three, I it's know. obviously very good for strength training. <laughs> yes. Take a glass with me. Do it. That sounds like fun. I'd be curious about what the prices would be. Mm-hmm. But um, but so no, then, it's just like so then shouldn't like boxer briefs be like a decent medium maybe? They're not though. <laughs> They're not because freaking freaking find this shit just whatever. I do know what boxer briefs look like. Fine. <laughs> Like, these, these are them, right? They're still, they still don't work. Because the, they hang too low. They hang what right about, on the edges. Like, I would need this to be like, well, not cut in half, but I would need it, like, hyped up. I was like, I need this. I don't know what I want down there. I just don't like what I have. And that just sounded like I personally attacked myself, but whatever. So, what? But you know what I mean? Like, they just, 
gun. Trunks. Like the very loose ones? No, hold on. I gotta go get John's underwear. Here, don't show me John's underwear. What's it even look like? Come on, he doesn't care. God. stretch out, then you can move them in. Instead of just being like... I don't do that with underwear! I love that! Where's my, like... (laughs) Where are my little, like, cords when I can, like, pull, like, tie it in! That's where I want it! Like, there's... Do we need to, like, run some ribbons through your underwear? Yes! Maybe. I don't know. All I know is that... Part of me just sticks to my leg and it's (laughs) over. And I just hate myself for the whole day, and then I constantly have to. And every, every guy does this. Every the, guy does this. The weird this. dance. Yeah, like, they like do like a little like hip hip shake, or like they like move their leg out, like like this, like they're just like, you know? Yes, I've seen the weird dance. Right. Or you're just like you like, or you try to be sleuthy, and you just put your hands in your pockets, and you're like, there we go. Because <laughs> you think you think it's stealthy, but everyone can see your whole arm just go, yeah. 
better about it. <laughs> Which is why I think I mentioned fans to start my own clothing line for practical garments. <laughs> just practical, because we can still make them look nice and beautiful, but like, I just feel like my, my body could be more secure. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna you get don't, a breach in the hole and just so the be problem, a vacuum when I get sucked out. The problem is that you don't feel like you're strapped into your clothes enough. I don't! I don't. Like just underwear or all of your clothes? All my clothes, honestly. I always end up having to, because I have like big, very big chest and shoulders, I always end up having to go a size larger than I want to for the arms. And then my torso is just like, <laughs> which just means I can hem those, right? I don't know if anyone like, would just hem my underwear. I mean, I'll have your underwear if you need it. Okay, but I don't even know how I do. I don't even know what I'd be looking for. Like, I feel like I'm gonna have to like. <laughs> I just don't know what the test would be. Like, would you buy like, like a sex toy that has like all the components and then try to see how you Wait. can get the garments around fine, or it just. I, I don't. I don't know. Really, all it is is it's just a second. It's like a looser form of pants. That's what I always thought. I was like, how are these helpful? Like, right, but then if you wear pants, then it's coarse material. They're just ribbed shorts. Yeah, and then there just goes all that sensitivity because I'm just calloused. <laughs> Am I I mean, get there? down to the heart of the matter. I, all I want to do is protect my feelings when I have sex. That's it. At the end of the day, that's aside from being secure with my body myself, but I don't want it to be like, it's like you can see every crevice of my body because it's just, it's so secure. Like it needs to be- Crevice was not a great word. It needs to have the right amount of pressure without becoming like, Flex for ceiling, body, like- I mean, you still want it to be Like someone covered me with saran wrap. Are we in agreement? Is I, yes. Okay. I feel like I can't be the only person that's ever thought this. No. Believe me, I understand the whole big chest thing. But yeah, no, I know you get that. With our powers combined. Well, it'd be like women's underwear. No matter what shape they make them, it's gonna end up up your ass, so. How much fabric do you want up your ass? Yeah, so it's almost like you need to have some way where like, it maybe maybe it has like very thin cords like around it. So based on like when you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like inside the fabric. So as you stretch it, it pulls certain parts of the fabric out and around so it doesn't get, give you a freaking wedgie. As a, so parts of it that stretch versus parts that don't. Right. So like, there's like certain things that so have like- So like using different fabrics for different parts. Yes. Problem solved. <laughs> I learned the media. Be, I wanted it to be like America, a melting pot plot. A melting <laughs> plot of my garments. Tumbling down on it. The plot of land melted down. There's my garments. Melting pot of your underwear is what we're getting out of here. Okay. Well, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I got really fired up. I have very strong feelings about underwear. <laughs> Where's the innovator in our world? Don't just make the same kind of garments. I want my garments to be like Final Fantasy, where it doesn't make any sense. They have one leg long, one leg short. Because that's not a problem. In which case, you're just in an armored bikini. But I know where to place <laughs> it. We talked about this in like that one, one of my one of our earlier episodes, where like like that level 100, you're wearing just a bikini. Oh yeah. And it's like, well, maybe they just know like where to they move their body to make sure it gets hit in that area. But, like, no, that was 
when we when we did Adams, because I was in a corset, so every but I had to do like a, I had to be able to like dance and move my legs and do high kicks and stuff. So I, before like while John was giving his his curtain speech because it was forty five minutes long, I would like be doing this like weird manipulation of my body and stuff on like the side stage to get my corset to sit in the right place so that I could kick kick my leg up high. That's a it's. We need a 3D printer, like 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 a person-sized thing for clothes, where it just goes like zzz, and just like literally just places it around you, perfectly. But of course, I'm still worried about my bits. So yes, I'd be worried about everything. Yep. Oh, oh, this is permanent now. <laughs> Spray on shoes. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Now that we've been on this rampage for about 20 minutes, <laughs> I'm just. Mark a flag. <clears throat> Underwear. Oh my god. <clears throat> that's, uh, that's gonna be it. We're gonna do it. We have. That in itself could be like a little mini series. Jesus Christ. I'm just yelling about clothes. <laughs> okay. Okay, I don't need this one. Uh, this one can just go away. Delete it. Okay, I guess not. I guess we'll just leave you there. <clears throat> Ready. Okay. Just <clears throat> shake it out. <laughs> shake out the underwear rage. That was never a problem. I could easily shake that out. <laughs> I hate it too, because like there are a couple of times when I did dance rehearsal yesterday, and I could hear myself hitting myself as I turned, and I'm like, God damn it. I know, like, I'm like, I pray to God no one hears that sound. I'm trying to think, when were you turning? The pivot turns, when we did that. Oh! Pivot turn, and I just, I hear this, like, <laughs> and I'm just like, Ugh, I would vomit. Oh my God! My friends know too much. I'm gonna have to listen more carefully. <laughs> Don't. Please. <laughs> Kill me.